So obviously the most important news uh, this week is the student loan forgiveness stuff, and we will get to that, I promise you. But first, virtual performers are obviously nothing new. In fact, there are a, a legacy of these types of artists and performances that goes way back, but the more relevant examples uh, stretch from the late 2000s introduction of Japanese pop star Hatsune Miku, all the way to the Tupac Shakur hologram performance at Coachella back in 2012, to Instagram influencer slash singer Lil Michaela, to Twitch streaming phenom Code Miko. Now, as technology behind these types of projects gets easier and easier to use, there's of course been a significant bump in the amount of virtual musicians, performers, streamers, and so on. You forgot gorillas. Uh, well, the gorillas, uh, it, it's a little bit different. That's actually animated. It, We'll get into but it. But when they perform on stage, they've got the cartoons out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some, uh, as far as the new wave go, are pretty archaic and just rely on basic camera tracking. And some are far more intricate, like Code Miko's elaborate setup. But one virtual artist, the completely fabricated FN Mecca, has been getting headlines for all the wrong yet completely predictable reasons this past week. Yeah, so FN Mecca, which is clearly uh, visually inspired by other notable rappers, but was also created using thousands of data points compiled from video games and social media, has been gaining steam on TikTok for quite a while now, racking up over 10 million followers and over a billion video views. With that kind of success, it's no wonder that despite not being a real person, a very real record label would be interested in signing, distributing, and profiting off of this musical avatar, especially when you consider that the creators of FN Mecca claim that the lyricism produced for the project is done entirely through artificial intelligence. And that's the big sticking point here, is like a lot of virtual performances across all media have happened before, gorillas and all that. Uh, this one is different in that it, they're using AI to produce a lot of the content. Yeah, it's an amazing breakthrough and also an amazing excuse. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, that's what happened this week. Capitol Records announced the signing of the number one virtual being on TikTok, as well as the first augmented reality artist to sign with a major label. Unfortunately for everyone involved, it has come to the attention that, once again, the AI project is racist. <laughs> yeah, we the, keep having to uh, do this. The, F the internet loves FN Mika, the uh, AI rapper. We regret to inform you. FN Mika is racist. Yes, this is an AI like produced milkshake duck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you cancel someone who doesn't exist? You bet they're, your ass. Well, they're trying. So yeah, in one of the quickest music industry turnarounds ever, uh, FN Mika Mecca was dropped by Capitol Records just days after being signed. Wow. I mean, it makes for a good news story. So uh, let's give you the background first. And apologies, but we obviously can't use any of the actual FN Mecca music. Is it good music? I sounds like. I don't follow a lot of the younger rappers. Uh, yeah, the, the, the like TikTok level, once you get to like the TikTok SoundCloud sort of level of rap, that it's just, I'm too old. I'll I tell you what, if you want to hear a fantastic hip hop album that was just released, Danger Mouse and Black Thought collab. So a bunch of 45 year old men it in is, the studio cracking their backs. Yeah. Album of the year contender. Yeah, I mean. It is really Danger fucking Mouse good. Danger Mouse can do no wrong. It so. is really, really good. And uh, it's Black Thought from uh, The Roots. So that's all. That's very good. But again, I am old. What do I know? Yeah. Um, so it should go without saying we can't use any of FN Mecca's actual music in the episode because that would get us a copyright strike instantly. But we assure you that it sounds exactly like you think it does. And if you're still curious, there are always links in the description below. 
Anyways, FN Mecca first started getting industry attention last year after going viral on TikTok, paying its dues by first signing to a smaller label called Factory New, which only signs virtual artists. Uh, it was in, you know, in reality actually developed by this music label. But oh, uh, according to a write-up back then in industry outlet MBW, it was indicated that while FN Mecca's lyrics, chords, and tempo are all completely based on AI, he's actually voiced by a human, though the label claimed this would eventually become unnecessary as the tech evolves. Quote, we've developed a proprietary AI technology that analyzes certain popular songs of a specific genre and generates recommendations for the various elements of song construction, lyrical content, chords, melody, tempo, sounds, etc. We then combine these elements to create a song. As of now, a human voice performs the vocals, but we are working towards the ability to have a computer come up with and perform its own words, and even collaborate with other computers as co-writers. So this is allegedly what makes FN Mecca different from all those other virtual artists like Hatsune Miku, Gorillaz, or even artists that perform under a hidden cartoonish identity like uh, Marshmallow or Dead Mouse. FN Mecca is created by an AI, which begs the question, can an AI be racist? <laughs> Well, we've already answered that question numerous times throughout the existence of this show, and the answer is always yes. Yeah. But that's because AI can only produce a coherent output after analyzing whatever is fed to it. So yeah, when Microsoft's Tay just scrolls Twitter all day and then ends up becoming racist, and keep in mind, this was like 2015-era Twitter, mm -hmm. not the safe space that it is now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it turns racist because that's what it was creating responses based on what it learned online. Yeah, so it, like, F and Mecca being fed a bunch of black artists' music and then cr creating something that fits with that, despite the people behind it, um, the main one in particular being white, that's where the problem is, where it's just like, it doesn't have these lived experiences because it's a fucking computer-generated creature. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so yeah, FN Mecca is obviously fed a bunch of hip-hop tracks and creates what it thinks is a good song based off of all that. So if the you know those songs have themes specific to the black community and black experience and also uh, predictably use the n-word, there's a decently high probability that FN Mecca is going to use those themes, that cadence, and that language for the AI to not only fit in but grow and thrive. Yeah. But therein lies the issue. What if the team behind FN Mecca are not black themselves? Just a bunch of pasty, milky, gingerbread, or not gingerbread, white bread, white guilt, you know, to be fair, it's just, it's just the main two guys. One's Asian, one's white. Uh, the the guy uh, uh, that's mainly behind it, he does indicate that he has a, a diverse team working at the company. Oh, so I'm sure he does. Trying to be as fair as possible. Some of us are left-handed. <laughs> but yeah, the two people credited with the design, production, and marketing of the character are Anthony Martini and Brandon Lee. So this, along with an outcry from black artists, has resulted in this virtual rapper being dropped from its new label. Here's the New York Times. Capital Music Group, the company that houses major record labels including Capital and Blue Note, said on Tuesday that it was severing ties with its latest controversial artist, FN Mecca, a virtual robot rapper powered partly by artificial intelligence who boasts more than 10 million followers on TikTok. The company had previously teased the project, the first augmented reality artist to sign to a major label, it said, as just a preview of what's to come. Yet, after growing backlash to what skeptical observers said amounted to digital blackface, including content that seems to trivialize our incarceration and police brutality, Capital said it had severed ties with the FN Mecca project effective immediately.
The company added in a statement, we offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. We thank those who have reached out to us with constructive feedback in the past couple of days. Your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association with the project. But while we're here, we'd love to announce our new artist. We've just signed a, a, a very talented woman named Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> Hopefully she, that makes everything Yeah, she'll right. be doing fine, and she'll be on tour she, this and, winter. And we looked into it. She's been involved with her local NAACP chapter for years, mm -hmm. so no way this blows up in our face. Yeah. Anyway, the New York Times reporting continues, adding that earlier this week, a nonprofit known as Industry Blackout, which formed in 2020 to pursue equity in the music business, had called for a public apology, as well as the donation of any funds spent by capital on the project to charity and the budgets of black artists on the label. Quote, we find fault in the lack of awareness and how offensive this caricature is. Industry Blackout wrote in an open letter posted to social media, it is a direct insult to the black community and our culture an amalgamation of gross stereotypes, appropriative mannerisms that derive from black artists, complete with slurs infused in lyrics. A debut single, Florida Water, was released via Capital, a division of Universal Music Group, on August 12th. The track was credited as featuring the professional Fortnite gamer Clicks, along with the Atlanta rapper Gunna, who is currently being held without bond in Atlanta, where he is facing a felony <laughs> racketeering charge. This digital effigy is a careless abomination and disrespectful to real people who face real consequences in real life, Industry Blackout said in its statement, pointing to Gunna's case. And truly one of the better parts of the interview with the guy credited with the creation of FN Mecca from this article is this one right here. Responding to an image that made its way around social media showing FN Mecca being beaten <laughs> What? Being beaten by a police officer in prison, Martini added, some of the early content, now if you take it out of context, it, it obviously looks worse or different than it was intended. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Uh, all Come in, on. All in all, though, it's just another example of the completely lifeless and stupid art that is being increasingly pushed out and embraced by companies who are desperate to not have to actually pay people to create things. I mean, we're currently living during a time where it seems as though technology is being rapidly developed in order to replace any actual art that exists. And it's the same thing for traditional artists and animators with all the dolly AI art stuff. It will eventually become good enough that there won't be a need for large companies to use actual artists for things, because why pay for something when a machine can just shit it out? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it's never going to crack the uh, sort of uncanny valley of like... You would hope. Yeah, like because everything right now, even the best stuff, you know, on your phone at arm's length. Wow, incredible. You look at it up close, you're like, oh, yeah, this was made by a fucking computer. Counterpoint, that same argument two years ago versus right now is completely different. So in another two years, it could be completely yeah, different it'll again. Definitely, it'll definitely get better. But, yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, we feel like there should be an emotional connection with art that is created by the artist's years of personal experience and honed talent. That's what makes it fucking art. Yeah, also, um, I mean, if you if you push out the actual human artists, um, eventually you're going to run out of material to, uh, Feed you know, to the reinterpret, robot. I guess. Yeah, hopefully there are other people out there that feel the same way because the use of AI-generated art and music is only going to increase if it's monetarily beneficial to these companies. So... Yeah, they're going to use it if it's a cheap, easy way for them to shit stuff out. Whether that's logos, uh, uh, album artwork, music, anything. Yeah. 
with music though, like with this FN Mecca, like, okay, I'm sure. And, it, and it, this is also true with art. Like it, they're great tools. The art stuff is, I think, a lot further along than any of the music AI stuff that yeah. I've seen, which is, just, it's like, I could see someone maybe just letting the machine run for like a couple hours and then going and picking out little tiny moments where it's like, oh, that kind of slapped. But the rest of it, it's just like unlistenable fucking, uh, it's madness. It feels like you're going insane. Yes, but you're you're talking about that in a in its current state. Right, but I'm saying like, even the marketing of this FN Mecca is like, it's bullshit. Like, yeah, of course. It's like this, uh, a computer didn't just sit down and spit this stuff out. It involved a lot of human Yeah, there's a lot of team, like there's an actual team behind yeah. this going viral. Like, I mean, if, if you've never even tried just doing like, production, uh, mixing and mastering mm -hmm. on audio. Like you you don't understand how fucking complicated and subjective a lot of this shit is. It's yeah. really, it's not something we're gonna, like a, a computer's gonna be able to replicate anytime soon. So hey, it's we like, hope. but you know, you could have a computer just spit out like a hundred different versions and find the one that's like not too bad and then make some tweaks and be like, yeah, wow, an AI just did this. Yeah, it, it's going to find, you're going to have to have that uh, hill that you cross with efficiency. Is it more or less efficient to monitor what the computer's shitting out and picking the best versus it getting good enough to literally put out perfection? Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting times. And that's what's that's what I think is crazy about this story and the Dali stuff is that this has been hyper-accelerated within the past two years. Within the past, like, the, with the, the art, it's been the last three months. Yeah, so... Maybe less. That's what worries me about the near future because you look ahead and you're like, wow, five years sure is a far time in the future. And it's like, no, that'll be here like before you even know it. So yeah, I guess it's it's weird. It's like uh, it's also like diminishing returns. The, I follow a couple accounts that like uh, just retweet uh, stuff in the AR, the, the AI art uh, mm -hmm. space. And, you know, the, for the first couple of weeks, I was like, wow, this is incredible. But now I'm like, oh, OK, fine, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it still just does, it doesn't have the effect on me is when yeah. I see actual art that you can tell was made by a person. The album's called know. Cheat Codes by Danger Mouse and Black Thought. Yeah. And if you uh, if you want heavy music, Chat Pile, God's Country, the album by Chat Pile, one of the best heavy albums of the year. Enjoy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on now to the biggest story of the week. Uh, Dark Brandon is in full effect. Yes. <laughs> he has... He has turned fully into Dark Brandon by now. Uh, yes. Someone fed him after midnight. Someone gave him some water when it was too late. And Dark Brandon has rolled out. And it's this time, thankfully, it's not just memes. Yes. It's <laughs> Dark Brandon it's is, policy. has been willed into existence. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Joe Biden and his student loan forgiveness program dropped this week um, somewhat unexpectedly. I, I didn't think he was going to fucking do it. Yeah. And yeah, aside from offering direct financial relief to low and middle income citizens, it also had the bonus effect of just triggering the fuck out of conservatives so hard that they have spent the last two days bitching and moaning and molding and crying about it online mm -hmm. only to have their own blatant loan forgiveness thrown back in their smug faces. This you? Yes. <laughs> but before we get into conservatives literally frothing and rolling and screaming and getting the screaming barfies over uh, poor and middle class people finally catching a fucking break in this just evil fucking country. Let's yeah. explain this student debt forgiveness program because there, there's actually plenty of misinformation out there about it. Yes. So first off, 
yes, we are of the opinion that it, this administration should have uh, should have just canceled all student debt, uh, considering the political hit job that they were going to receive regardless uh, of how what extent they took here as a result. Uh, the reactions from conservatives were always going to be extreme and unrelenting, whether $100 or $100,000 was forgiven, so might as well just take the hit and forgive all student loans. Yeah, it's similar to... Uh, a lot of uh, Fox News boomers are still fully convinced that the cities of like Portland and Seattle and Chicago were literally burned to the ground mm -hmm. in they're uh, still rebuilding in 2020, and that's because those cities defunded the police. It's Neither of which are things that happened, but it's like if people are acting and voting as if the police were defunded, well then just fucking do it. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> same thing with uh, the. Uh, Obamacare. Like, why not just go all the way with it? They're going to give you as much shit as if you did. Yeah. And then, you know, fucking 10 years later, the people who are actually benefiting from it are still the ones complaining about it. Yeah. So it's all like, just do it already. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, this is what we've got. It's it's not great. It's not nothing. It's um, it's progress. Yeah. By American legislative standards, it's actually quite <laughs> a fucking accomplishment. Yes. It might not seem like that if you live in any other country in the world that is uh, developed and uh, actually cares about the public good that comes from having an educated population with skills that are able to contribute to the country's productivity. But, you know, for us, it's pretty good. We it's got it bad. as a treat. We got this as a treat. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get it. I made more money last year than I qualify. And I, f I still fucking love, mostly because people are mad, but I, I'm, I'm happy for everyone else. Yeah, this doesn't affect, like I went to community college for not a very long time. Uh, so I didn't have a massive amount of student loans, but guess what? I'm not mad that yeah. other people are, are having their loans forgiven. That's been, I think it's actually really cool. That's been my favorite thing is like so many, like all these fucking like third generation fucking uh, East Coast Ivy League journalists complaining like, well, what about the poor people who are like working jobs like, no, on the railroad because they, they and like just people jumping in like, hi, I did not go to college. I drive trucks for a living. This is good. Yeah. Why should anyone <laughs> who hasn't suffered as much as me have something yeah. better? Like it's just it's it really cuts to the core of the conservative platform. People need to suffer in order to do things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, having said all that, let, let's just look into the actual details of this plan, who it affects, and the options available for borrowers. Yeah, first up, the federal loan repayment pause has been extended through January, so anyone with federally held student loans who hasn't had to pay during the dur duration of this pause will not have to restart payments until January 2023. That's the small part up front. Here's what the real meat of this aid package, get, uh, where it gets going, though. Part two provides targeted debt relief to low- and middle-income families. The U.S. Department of Education will provide up to $20,000 in debt cancellation to Pell Grant recipients with loans held by the Department of Education, and up to $10,000 in debt cancellation to non-Pell Grant recipients. Borrowers are eligible for this relief if their individual income is less than $125,000 or $250,000 for households. In addition, borrowers who are employed by nonprofits, the military, or federal, state, tribal, or local government may be eligible to have all their student loans forgiven through the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. So 10K in debt cancellation regardless, and up to 20K in debt cancellation for Pell Grant recipients. And for the unaware, Pell Grants are specifically for low-income students. Yeah, everyone's at all. To survive in oh, college. Oh, you support a bunch of like 
coastal elite uh, Ivy League grad. It's like, no, Pell Grant recipients are getting the, the bulk of this relief. And those people are, by the very nature of the Pell Grant, from very low income backgrounds. Yeah, so the, good for them. The increased debt forgiveness is certainly going to be a large weight off of their shoulders. So yeah, this part of the program has obviously been getting the most attention because it immediately erases debt for millions of Americans. But there's another section that is honestly just as vital for current and future students tacked on at the end, thanks to an update to income-based repayment plans. So under Biden's plan, borrowers will pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income monthly on undergraduate loans. So that's your income after taxes and cost of living expenses. That's pretty great because yeah. I remember uh, right when I graduated from college, they're like, hey, buddy, it's time to start paying. And I was like, what? <laughs> Hold on. I have zero dollars. Yeah. Like the amount you're asking me to pay per month is like, like, this is what I would be making total with any like entry level job. I would have no money left over. Sir, let me calm yes. you down here. You see that payment? That's mostly interest. So you're never going yeah. to climb out of this hole. And they're like, Hope oh, you have a good life. Oh, that's fine. You can defer it. Just know that we will keep racking up the interest yeah. while it's in the background. We actually prefer that you defer. This pro program throughout its entire existence has been predatory. It is fucking predatory. Mm -hmm. And the Bible does not have nice things to say about you people uh, guilty of <laughs> usury. Yeah. So anyway, the plan also raises the amount of income that is considered non-discretionary income, which protects the borrower from repayment. This guarantees that no borrower earning under 225% of the poverty level will have to make a monthly payment at all. Hell so, yeah. Great. Uh, next is forgiving student loan balances after 10 years of on-time payments. And finally, this plan will cover the borrower's unpaid monthly interest. No borrower's loan balance will grow as long as they make their monthly payments, even if that payment is zero because their income is low. So again, to clarify, these are for federally held student yeah. loans. Um, private loans are a completely different beast. I know I I think mine came out to like about half and half. A lot of people consolidate it. into private to yeah. get a lower interest rate. Yeah. But, but uh, in again, this is for lower and middle class people. And if you are under that income threshold, your life just got a lot fucking easier oh, at yeah. the stroke of a pen. And people act like, oh, this is like bad for the economy. Like, no, it's actually really, really good for the economy. Where do you, it, what do you think they're going to do with this yeah, extra fucking money, you idiot? If people who had little to no expendable income now suddenly have a lot more expendable income. Like, this is, this is another thing, like, Rich people, they're like, well, if you gave me $10,000, I'd obviously immediately invested it in my, like, one of my, dip, my Roth IRA or my mutual fund or whatever. It's like, no, th that poor people, if you gave them $10,000, they've got, like, a long fucking list of things to spend that money on. And it's not just, like, fancy, you know, living it up stuff. Like, actual fucking People could things. start a fucking business. They could get out under crushing debt. They can actually live their fucking Repair lives. Repair their house. Yeah. Like, Buy a house. Go on a trip. Like they're gonna they're gonna be putting that money back into the economy almost immediately. I guarantee it. None of these fucking people are going down to the bank and opening up an investment account. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yes, it is stupid that for so long debt has been inescapable for a large portion of this country when it's almost mandatory at this point to for even the most basic jobs, despite not being necessary realistically. By the way. Yeah. That, I mean. That's a whole separate Not thing. only should education be free, but there's it needs it needs to be completely fucking overhauled. Um, the the system they have in like Germany is maybe too far with what I want, but I, I like how they do it there, which is like you basically get, you know, they figure out through testing 
throughout your education career, like, buddy, you're not you're not gonna be <laughs> not gonna be writing any books, but uh, maybe maybe you'd be great at repairing cars or something. So we're that's what you're a doing. A vital career, by the way. And also, we know exactly how many people we need repairing cars for the foreseeable future. So uh, that's just what, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to always make sure we have enough people. Yeah, not the exactly the plan jobs. that I would uh, want specifically. So but, uh, look, but this but is a small also, step forward. But that also means that if you want to get like a liberal arts degree, like a lot of undecided 18-year-olds in America do, yeah. it's a little bit harder to do that in places where the government is subsidizing your education because they're like, we if we have too many people with liberal arts degrees, that's a problem. Yeah, so nothing will you be better done. be fucking like dedicated to this degree in English or whatever. Uh, is not just like some fallback shit. Also, you get to have a gap year. Also, you don't have to go to college at all. You can uh, go to a trade trade school. There's a lot of things we can do with you. Uh, You're not going to be shamed publicly for not getting a university education. It's just nice to see a little (laughs) shred of help for students in America. That's what I think of getting at here. It's just like, even though it is a small, I mean, it, it, all things considered, for America, this is a big fucking deal. But just a small step in the right direction uh, gives me a shred of hope for the future. Um, so that's great. This will change people's lives. Yes. But uh, back to the reaction. It has been swift, synchronized, unhinged, and ironically hilarious because <laughs> without fail, nearly every conservative who has complained about student loan forgiveness this week has been called out for taking large, much larger than uh, the student loan forgiveness. Some of them uh, shockingly large. Taking out large PPP loans during the pandemic, loans that were forgiven by the government. Oh my God, these freeloaders, these welfare queens. It was almost too good to be true. This was a layup. This was a total layup with the fact that all of these people took PPP loans. Yeah. And and then this was- Almost uh, without fail. Yeah. uh, Interestingly, the one who didn't, it, it would appear that Ben Shapiro and uh, the Daily Wire did not take out any PPP because and I think that because Ben Shapiro, he's smart. He is what he is, but he's smart uh, because he knew that this would be a well of content. And the, and the Daily Wire has been publishing just like stories about PPP loan abuse yeah. for the last couple of years. So it's like he didn't do it, but he also provided just so many examples of like, yeah, you know, the same people who are complaining now uh, just abusing the PPP system. But yeah, it's all, it was almost too good to be true. Thanks to pandemic loan forgiveness, everyone who complains about having loans forgiven instantly looks like an idiot who is happy to mooch off the government until someone else can benefit. I ratioed PragerU. Yeah. Thanks, uh, that thanks very, to a lot of you. <laughs> very cool. I won in the marketplace of ideas. Yes. Now uh, they have to give me their YouTube channel. But it's even sadder for these assholes when you consider that they are literally getting mad at middle class and poor people for getting some relief while they themselves had loans forgiven that dwarf the student loan forgiveness plan. It's predictable, it's evil, and at this point it's hilarious that it all played out exactly the way that everyone thought it would. It's been very satisfying. Now initially it was mainly journey- journalists and uh, Elliot, who, you, you're a journalist, you can have it. I, for this month I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so mainly just uh, jur- journalists uh, and some news organizations calling out prominent members of the conservative party and conservative commentators, which led to a solid 24 hours of people just dunking all over them. But then the dark brand and energy escaped the Oval Office. Because we all believed in our hearts. It's a seance. Yeah, it's a you have to summoning circle. 
Uh, so the, the dark Brandon energy escaped, and it made itself or it made its way to Twitter because the official White House Twitter account latched on to this very successful shame campaign to call people out directly. Yeah. So in an ever-growing thread, the White House has highlighted and called out conservatives. Uh, mostly elected conservatives who are furious over student loan forgiveness while at the same time benefiting from a government program enacted by a conservative president where all of their loans were happily forgiven. Mm -hmm. uh, here's just a few notable examples. In response to Marjorie Taylor Greene's appearance on Newsmax, where she stated, for our government to just say, okay, your debt is forgiven, it's completely unfair. The White House responded, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had $183,504 in PPP loans forgiven. Wait, that's like 18 times what uh, what most people got. Damn wait you. A, wait a second. Marge. Uh, when Vern Buchanan said, Biden's reckless unilateral student loan giveaway is unfair to the 87% of Americans without student loan debt and those who played by the rules, the White House replied, Buchanan had over $2.3 million in loans for Jesus. Jesus, buddy. Look uh, in the mirror. Oklahoma GOP rep Mullen had $1.4 million in PPP loans. Congressman Kevin Hearn had a million dollars in PPP loans. Mike Kelly had just under a million. And even Matt Gates had half a million dollars forgiven. I mean, being a, a sex pest is expensive. And look, this continues on. It is a limitless amount of people. Yeah. Anyway, honestly, the cherry on top of all this has to be the, the amazing tweet sent out by Indiana Congressman Jim Banks, who he said the quiet part out loud with absolutely zero shame or self-awareness. Student loan forgiveness undermines one of our military's greatest recruitment tools at a time of dangerously low enlistments. Whoa! Holy shit. The, no euphemisms or anything. It's like, we need to keep people fucking poor. We need to keep education expensive as hell because otherwise, who's going to sign up to just t turn into red mist over in the other side of the world if education is affordable. He just, we need to lure poor people with no other options into the military so we can stack their bodies in the next war for oil. People have been alluding to this for decades and he just tweeted it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, look, we, we obviously still have problems with Joe Biden. Yeah, dark, not, dark brand. Not a different. fan of Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. We have to admit, though, the, the past few weeks have been pretty impressive thanks to the introduction of Dark Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I swear, even like yesterday or the day before, I was behind a car that had a Let's Go Brandon thing on it. And I was like, this has unironically become like a cheering thing. Like when I see it now, it sounds like they're cheering on Dark Brandon. Yeah. And yeah. you really have to make them think that, too. They're going to be out there with a thing just chipping. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to do with all my Let's Go Brandon flags? I shipped the clear coat. Uh, yeah, and it really looks like he's embracing the role because he's not taking any shit from even the press regarding these loan this forgiveness was, programs. Oh, God, this this was the his coolest moment as president, just, I think. And the look back, too. Yeah, I mean, I, this, like, is, this clip is edited. I edited it, but the actual words are not edited. He really yeah. clapped back at a reporter. Let, let's just look at the clip. Oh, God, why can't you be that guy every day? He's becoming it, which is like, I, I ha look, we've said some terrible things about Dark Brandon, not Dark Brandon, Dark Brandon's great, Joe Biden over uh, the years. But look, this is at least promising. This are, these are good policy decisions. 
Yeah, they're they're fine. They're, yeah, they're the they're not the minimum. best. They're not the best. They're yeah. not the best. But look, I've come to the realization as an adult that when people do the bare minimum, that's what anyone should be doing anyway. Yeah. People are just doing the worst things at all possible times. Uh, yeah, and it's also it's it's more about just like he did the bare minimum and didn't like try to pussyfoot around it. It's just like, no, we're doing it. And also, like, anyone who complains about this is a fucking hypocrite. It's just, <laughs> it's just like the 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 quiet quitting thing that's going around now. Yeah, it's like, oh, no. Quiet quitting. No, people are just doing the amount of effort that they're getting paid for now. Yeah. So if you don't pay them what they're worth, they're going to give you as much productivity as you're paying them. Yeah. It's not quiet quitting. Ugh. Anyway, while Dark Brandon is having a pretty good moment right now, the same cannot be said for his biggest political rival, Donald J. Trump, who is not only dealing with a criminal probe in New York, but was also recently visited by the FBI for stealing classified documents from the White House. Nearly every day since the raid at Mar-a-Lago, Trump and his associates have demanded that certain information should be released only for agencies to go ahead and just actually release the information, which has so far resulted in making Trump look worse. Yeah. Depending on when you're watching this video, the latest bit of information may have already been released because it was announced just before we filmed this that a redacted version of the affidavit used to justify the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago has been cleared for release. Ooh boy, here's CNN with more on this. The Justice Department must release a redacted version of the Mar-a-Lago search warrant affidavit by noon on Friday, a federal judge ruled. The affidavit lays out why investigators believe there was probable cause that crimes had been committed. Earlier Thursday, the DOJ submitted its proposed redactions to U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt, who issued the order for the public release. And again, dun dun. As of when we filmed this, we have no idea how much of the affidavit will actually be released, considering that the DOJ would need to just at, at some level maintain secrecy regarding the criminal investigation. Like there has to be some stuff that they can't release because it's an ongoing investigation. I just want to see if there's a line item in there, like if they just brought along, just in case, a toilet pump. We had to piece together all of the thrown away documents. Uh, The septic tank outside of Mar-a-Lago was the real gold mine. God, you can't even steal classified documents anymore without big government getting all up in your face. What is the world? Oh, oh, so students can get debt relief, but I can't steal classified documents from the White House? Wow. This is not fair. America. (laughs) Anyway, of course, Trump himself has already taken to truth social to do what any innocent person would do. Angrily rant about the investigation while deflecting the entire time. Here's what he said in a recent truth. Even though I am as innocent as a person can be, and despite my campaign being spied on by the radical left, the FISA court being lied to and defrauded, all of the many hoaxes and scams that were illegally placed on me by very sick and demented people, and without even mentioning the many crimes of Joe and Hunter Biden, all revealed in great detail in the laptop from hell, (laughs) it looks more and more like the fake news media is pushing hard for the sleaze to do something that should not be done. Who's the sleaze? I have no idea, but look, here's the thing. Uh, No one is suffering more from Trump's absence on Twitter than you. Because you do the Trump voice, and truth has no character limit. So yeah. he, he just rambles on, it's and really it hurts your voice. Yeah. yeah, at least with the tweets, you have a break in between the rambling. Yeah, and he I, he was better when he had limits. Um, you had yeah. to get creative with fitting it in, you know? The Coca-Cola company is very unhappy with me. That's okay. I'll keep drinking that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> on truth, that would have been a fucking paragraph. Yeah. yeah it's perfect. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, that's it for today's episode. I know we only covered, like, two or three topics, but it was... Uh, it was a week. It was certainly a week. And we'll be back soon for uh, some 
somehow weirder news than all of that with Weekly Weird News. But in the meantime, please catch up on our most recent episodes. We have a Tech News Day that goes into bullying Mark Zuckerberg into finally admitting that his stupid horizons looks like shit. And also a daily episode from earlier in the week that goes into some Trump stuff, but also highlights a hilarious slide in Michigan and uh, peaches that believe 9-11 was an inside job. Check out both of those videos. Click the join button if you're feeling frisky or, you know, for free, just leave a comment or a like or just subscribe to the channel. Do something. <laughs> that is us <laughs> activating you <laughs> to do something. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for watching. We'll see you soon with Weekly Weird News. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.